Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Fearless Generations with Gary Sayer and Kelly Fox. Hello and welcome to Fearless Generations, 12 Steps to Freedom. This is Kelly Fox, and tonight we are continuing the conversation of Step 12, Love. And tonight is all about no judgment. That's right. No judgment here, no judgment around love. Let's welcome my beautiful co-host, Terry Sayre. How are you doing tonight, Terry? I'm doing great. So glad that I got here, even if it was at the last second. They didn't know that. <laughs> I guess I'm just loving that I'm here. I am loving that you are here, too. And we have a great guest coach on tonight. First time to the show. Everyone, please welcome Camille. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> How are you tonight? Thank you for being here. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Happy, loving myself unconditionally <laughs> without judgment. <laughs> That's right. So, um, Mel, can you introduce yourself to our audience? Let them know what you get to do and who you get to serve. Yes. Um, well, I'm an artist, first and foremost. I um, I found my calling at a young age uh, in high school in England, actually, before I actually technically was in high school, because I don't have it there, um, in an art class. And then I really took hold with uh, in me in Riverside, California, um, in art class, and I got right into oil paint, painting right away. Um, and I had to kind of put it away after that sort of first heyday and, and attraction to it all for years um, because it's toxic stuff. You know, you have, you have to have like a separate room or studio. And I was living in different apartments in LA. And um, I think it was once, oh, I know it was once I was pregnant and far along with my first child, who's now seven and a half, that I kind of got back into art. Um, I became more of a mixed media artist because uh, I was always really fascinated. I majored in it in college, but I was really fascinated with texture and egg tempera, which I just literally would crack an egg into my paint. <laughs> I don't do that as much anymore. <laughs> but um, And I think like having a baby, being pregnant, then delivering the baby and she was a good sleeper. She'd nap and I'd get to paint. I was kind of more or less stuck at home, right? I had to be there with her. Um, it accessed that root chakra energy center um, and creative energy center. And um, after I had her, I became so prolific. I just had was flooded with ideas that I think I had been storing for a long time. And I didn't judge them. I just did them. I just let it flow. And I was, mm-hmm. like I said, so prolific. So I found all these places to show my art. And the rest is history. And there's there's a lot more to that. Did you have a question? <laughs> 
No, keep going. Oh, I, I thought I heard someone asking something. Um, so then, um, so this was the thing I'd always wanted was to have children, but I didn't realize just, you know, how much it was on so many levels. And I'm talking mostly emotionally. Um, mm-hmm. I, and I was also actually very talking about love, very surprised at how, um, odd the love part felt. Uh, I think maybe I had some degree of postpartum depression, but that feeling of feeling trapped was kind of intense for me and not feeling that bond mm-hmm. that I so hoped I would have with the child, with my child. Um, that did come later, fortunately. And, you know, I just kissed her goodnight <laughs> again as she's asleep. Um, mm-hmm. But a lot of what came out for me was I didn't realize it was hormone imbalanced after my second child. And I had a lot of anger and resentment that I'd been hanging on to from my family, from my family of origin. And I realized that I was really kind of circulating that through my parenting and mm-hmm. everything came uh, through one day, one morning when I was trying to race out the door and, you know, it's a classic time of frustration and stress for a lot of parents getting their kids out the door. And my daughter's very, um, very strong-willed and she wasn't listening. So I just felt this, I just remember feeling this heat coming over my body of this anger coming on and I was pretty intense and I was kind of aggressive with her and um, yelling at her and she's laying on the floor as I'm trying to put her rain boots on. And that was my wake up call. Like everyone has their wake up call. And it was looking down at her little face who looked like me as a child and seeing how, what I was doing to her as the mom, Mm -hmm. as the person in control, taking care of her. And it was my flash of myself as a child and my inner child and how I, how much healing I needed to do from all the yelling that I received as a, as a child. And so it was that wake up of like, you're in charge now. You got to figure this out so that you can stop this cycle. And um, that day after a lot of cathartic crying through, you know, all parts of my face, (laughs) I decided to look for <laughs> I decided to look for an inner child hypnotherapist. And I realized through all of this that it all boiled down to how much was I loving myself? How was I treating myself? How was I talking to myself in my mind and my head and my heart? And from all the little things in life to the stress and just that self-love and that judgment and so this is why this is such a topic right in my, you know, right up my alley. And it's such a common topic. It's not just my own topic um, that we all can understand those levels. And it all, a lot of it comes down to, I feel, how we're treating ourselves, how we're loving ourselves, how we think about ourselves. And that's why my mission has become to remind you and therefore myself through the conversation to feed and fuel your love for yourself. 
And once we do that first, we can give to others. We can love others. And we can be on the path in our life that is our right path, right? The correct path the, uh, the, and be in alignment with what we need to attract. And so I've taken that a step further with my art. And now primarily all the art that I do is to serve others basically as a commission so that it's just for them. I help. I'm getting right into it. I don't know if you want me to go this far. Um, (laughs) So I guide them through a breathing technique first, actually people that are interested in my work and, and what I'm doing. And I take them through envisioning sending gratitude to all the different parts of their body. And we start with the arms and the hands because the arms and the hands are our most amazing tools. There's some of our most amazing tools, the things that we do with our hands all the time, instantaneously from our brain and the hugs that we can give and all of these things. And so I send all that gratitude because we take these arms and appendages for granted as parts of our body for granted, but we have to love them. And so once we do all of that, we start visualizing um, where, what we want to attract into our lives, how we want to feel, how we want to feel in the present moment, let alone the future. And I start taking notes, and sometimes I'm talking to a couple, sometimes it's for their anniversary or something that they want to keep that love alive or someone that wants to attract, let's say, a partner. And so I'll make all these notes and talk about the colors that really activate that for them and I go off and I paint it for them and at a certain point when it's when it makes sense to show them pictures I show them pictures and so there's a lot of they become my muse and they give me a lot of back and forth give and take um, until I get it just right and then once they have the piece um, I activate it again for them when it's in their space. So I connect them energetically to it by visualization tools and by looking at the piece as we're envisioning these feelings and con I I say the word conjuring. I don't mean it like a, you know, witch, but activating or reminding someone of those feelings. That's the key with the manifestation and the good feeling thoughts. And then they look at their piece awesome. so that every time they look at it, thank you, every time they look at it, they are reminded of that feeling, just like they would be maybe a vision board, but this is an actual piece of art. <laughs> yeah, that's so, so that's, cool. That's what I'm yeah, we connected, Thank you. We connected last year um, when I was doing my uh, fundraiser for Break the Silence. And I'm so glad yes, we that we were able to get you on the schedule um, to uh, come and share what it is that you do here on the podcast as well. Terry, yes. uh, do you have any questions um, from from hearing? Because I've heard parts and pieces of this, um, but this is uh, the first time you are. So are is there any questions that you have? No, I think I it just uh, resonates with me uh, the the 
component of your experience recognizing and becoming aware of how important it is to to love yourself. And uh, yeah. I experienced a similar um, uh, epiphany in my life uh, much later because I'm I'm old. But anyway, uh, when I was about sixty in my sixties, sixty five actually. <laughs> I had this recognition, this awareness, this um, vision that came to me that let me know that my anger and my disappointment and my frustration all came from uh, not loving myself. And, yeah, uh, you know, that was built up over years of, of my, you know, my way of looking at life, you know, that life wasn't for me, it was against me and not recognizing the abundance that was just waiting for me to receive. And so when I had that experience and I um, I just, it was like immediately I was able to release that uh, blocking and began to see that if I, if I wanted to be happy and I wanted to uh, feel joy and peace in my soul, um, it was loving myself first. And then I could authentically Absolutely. and love others because otherwise I was a mother of five children and a grandmother of, of many children at that point in my life. I thought I was loving them. Um, I was taking care of my mother and my, I took care of my grandfather and I thought, well, I love them, but I was always angry and felt like you said the word trapped. And I felt, um, I, I, I don't know if that was the exact word, but I felt um, like there were all these expectations being put upon me and I wasn't really nice about it because I was so angry. And um, yeah, it was that it was that opportunity for me to be willing to see that as what was stopping me. Then the love I gave others was so different because it was now coming from a place of fullness and joy. And I mean, you know, I I could just start being loving people authentically. And mm. so the last fifteen years or so. I've really been able to practice that. And little by little, I've become, I mean, I want to have that essence. I want to, um, I want to actually just be loved, you know, that that's my filter, that's my purpose, that's my passion. And it has so many different layers of expression and being able to, to go each day and want to be more loving than I was the day before. And then, you know, at night, reporting that back to my higher power, and for me, that's God, and just wanting to emulate that love that that mm. He created for, you know, and uh, mm. so I really resonated with that, and I just layering that whole concept of art on top of that, and being able to access that inspiration and share that with others, I think that's beautiful, and I think that's a great gift that you have to. Um, take those understandings for people even deeper uh, through manifesting a piece of art that they can look at and, and it can resonate with them and they can use that as a touch point, you know, for their love and uh, oh, just build upon you. So I think that that's a, yeah. that's a beautiful gift. I think it's another way of helping people to understand that self-love is that it without loving yourself, there's really no way to really, be love. I mean, because yeah. that's where it starts is with yourself. Yeah. So I, yeah. I, I just think that's a beautiful, a beautiful way of helping people to come to that realization and have that um, to support them. 
Thank you. Thank you. I so appreciate that. And I'm so glad that you discovered that at any age because, you know, sometimes it can take a while, right? In our, whether you believe Mm -hmm. in multiple lifetimes or not, like it, it can just take a while and um, and when it does, it it's a huge weight that's lifted, right? I mean, we know, we know people. It's it's always interesting when you know someone who who kind of did know it and then forgets it. Um, but mm-hmm. I love it when they never realized it and then they they just discover it and it it changes their lives. They're free. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. great. Yeah, my work yeah, my does children are <laughs> a lot. I was going to say that my children are very grateful. <laughs> Yeah, I bet, I bet. I mean, they were my biggest fans, you know, just, oh, mom, you know, you've really transformed your life. And and they've all taken that on in in ways, you know, some have taken some longer than others. Kelly was the leader, but my other other girls, and, you know, it's taken them a while to, but it's like all of them are kind of coming to that same realization because they saw it happen to me and they see it happening to their sister, Kelly. I mean, she's a perfect example of that as as well, uh, of how you can grow and um, overcome challenges. She has six children, and to overcome challenges of a mom, you know, a a young mom with that many kids, I mean, she's uh, just really, I've watched her grow over the last, uh, you know, 10 or 15 years to just, it's so exciting for me, and I know that it helps uh, to have those, those models, you know, to see and so that's what I'm hoping I'm providing that example of being loved, you know, to my community and to my family and to the my sphere of influence. For sure, for sure. I love this. I love this conversation. It just, you know, that's why when I when I share this with people, it it's an organic thing. Love is love is alive. Love is Mm-hmm. organic the conversation about talking about it is it's always something that you can feed you know it, it isn't just a hallmark card um <laughs> and <laughs> i it, it's interesting too because uh, well, we can all not we can all but love doesn't see for me religions and I have attracted a lot of um, people who are very religious to this work. This work has attracted people that are religious, spiritual. And it's interesting to see who, you know, I had an Indian woman find me through, I guess, Instagram because she was looking for her twin flame and she's in her, a Reiki master out in India. You know, we had a, a connect um, on a Zoom call, and it's just amazing that technology can connect all of these people who are all looking for that same thing, that connection. And I was mm-hmm. telling her, it comes first from you, and then you'll attract this person. Um, she wants to do a twin flame painting. Uh, where Wherever you are, it could be the market. It could be, you know, that, that person will just start feeling the what you want, and they'll match your vibration, and they'll match where you are. Um, and so that's the beauty of what you've done for yourself to, uh, to, as an example to your daughters and to your grandchildren is that if they can pick up on this, you've changed the course of their lives by, act, by teaching them how to attract the right people and not the wrong people. 
whether it's in mm-hmm. business or love, you know, you've potentially, right, we never know, but you've given them such a greater opportunity not to um, have horrible breakups or retract the wrong person or something like that. So it's it's a huge lesson to learn. And I love nowadays it seems that it's a lot more important to people to mm-hmm. teach this to our children. Um, and, I, and I mean emotional um, education in general or emotional mm-hmm. understanding, you know, being more in touch with our emotions as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's certainly... Sure. Uh, certainly needed right now in our in our society yes yeah absolutely so we're talking Kelly when did you have your breakthrough or have you always been this lovely and happy (laughs) (laughs) no um I actually was diagnosed with depression when I was 19 uh so I always um I always was very judgmental of myself um putting a lot of expectations on myself, felt like others had a lot of expectations of me that I was not living up to. Um, And I did not love myself. And I hated that saying of if um, that you can't love someone else unless you love yourself first, because I felt like I loved the people around me and I knew I didn't love myself. Um, Mm -hmm. And when, uh, I don't even know when it started, probably after I had a few kids, um, (laughs) I really was able to start to love myself. And even with doing this work, even with, uh, all of the the little changes that I was building one on top of another, because um, I've been doing fearless living for 17 years. Um, but uh, it took longer for this lesson, <laughs> and it's a continual lesson, to really kick in. Um, I would yeah. say probably seven years ago, or so was when um, I first was able to um, say that I was beautiful while I was looking Mm. at myself in a mirror. Mm. And, And then slowly after that, I was able to say it when someone could hear me say it, you know, and so kind of like, you know, I started setting boundaries with other people. Um, I started to value what I thought was important and value my own opinion and my voice and what is important to me. I started um, not being the the sacrificing mom that doesn't do anything for herself and, you know, resents her kids. Right. You know, I started I started making these, these changes slowly, um, you know, um, one at a time, and I'm definitely not there yet, but I, I definitely love myself more, and I know the difference now between how I loved people before and how I love them now. Um, yeah, because yeah, there's no, 
there's well there are expectations when it comes to like immediate family <laughs> i'm not gonna lie right um right but, like right, in general and with friends and you know the population at large i have no expectations that somebody is going to um return the love that i give them and that's mm-hmm. what it is with real love um I I love my kids, obviously. Um, I love my husband, you know, my sisters, my brother even, um, you know, <laughs> my nieces and my nephews, um, my best friends, right? I love them. And I love them to a much deeper level than I did before because mm-hmm. I can see their innocence. I can let things go. I don't hold grudges. Um, you know, I don't I don't have this necessity that they're going to call me or check up on me or, um, you know, anything like that. With my kids, I have some expectations. But that's <laughs> for my husband. Um, but um, it's not when they don't live up to those, I don't love them less. So it's, the love is still unconditional. I would just prefer if they, you know, like did what I asked. But um, I think that as you, as you continue to practice that self-love, because I think it's something that we will have to practice forever. um, As you continue to practice it, it gets easier. And the tool that we share this month is um, mirror work. And the first time I did this exercise, I, like, avoided the mirror like crazy. And now it's not a big deal. So what we do is we look at ourselves in our eyes and we say, I love you, every time you pass a mirror. And um, sometimes you pass the mirror a lot. And so... Um, just having that moment to connect eye to eye with yourself and um, say, I love you, um, if you're feeling it or not. So that is another way that has um, supported me in loving myself more. Yep. We are I went on. almost out of time, ladies. I want to make sure that oh you have gosh. time to, um, that you have time to share um, with our audience, how they can get a hold of you um, and connect with you. And uh, so go. Yes, definitely. So I was going to, I will post um, a link. I have a new VIP art group where I'm sharing a lot of the work that I do. I'm doing live Facebook, um, uh, you know, lot Facebook lives. And it's called um, Art de Camille, like by Camille, so D-E and then my name, Camille, um, Art de Camille on Facebook. And I will also put this in a link under under um, the podcast, but I'm also doing a big launch through that, um, in that group, the beginning of October, exactly a month from now, it's October 7th through 9th. And that's going to be a really great opportunity to see a lot of the different types of work that I do because I'm definitely an artist with a lot of different styles. And I think that helps with the work that I do so that 
I can look at a piece um, and have different tools to use or styles to use for people. Um, but it also mm-hmm. is kind of going to be funny for people that don't know me well to see, oh, my gosh, she likes she does wine bottle art and she, you know, lived in Paris. And so there's going to be like the Parisian style and the spiritual religious stuff. And so and then there's the underwater and ocean work that I do. So it's, it's going to be a lot of fun and I'm going to keep it lively. There's going to be giveaways. So it's going to be really exciting. So you're welcome to join me for that, but you do have to be in the group to do it, and it's free to join the group and all of that. There's no membership fees. Um, so I'll just have everything there. My um, yeah. my actual ga- gallery site, I have a gallery as well, is called coolarthouse.com, coolarthouse.com. Um, so you can see some of the work that I do there as well. And I'm super happy to be here. And I'm really brought glad because I meant to say after Terry brought up boundaries um, and you brought up boundaries, that boundaries are so important to self-love because it's not allowing people, it's not always saying yes. It's knowing um, when not to. And I'm so glad you also brought up the mirror things. I was going to say that, that even if you're not the exact shape you want to be, love yourself now, today, and visualize where you want to be, your best self. It's okay to want something that you don't have, but it's really important to love how you are, how you look, and not feel shame or not feel hard on yourself. And that's something that I'm trying to practice as well. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's beautiful. Thank you. We want to remind you all that the 12 Steps to Freedom were created by Rhonda Britton, the CEO and founder of the Fearless Living Institute. And if you would like to know more about Fearless Living, go check it out at fearlessliving.org. You can also find Terry and I at fearlessgenerations.org. And you can find out about everything we're doing, as well as on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram as Fearless Generations. So we thank you all for being here tonight. Camille, we thank you. And until next week, everybody, be fearless. Thank you, Camille. Thank you for having me. Good night.